My name is Athena Kabenu, stand-up comedian, podcaster, writer, and parent, which is fantastic. But for the past 17 months, um, I've been inviting people around to have a chat with because the baby isn't that great at conversation, as great as she is at other things like building blocks um, and making noise and all kinds of things. Anyway, um, today I've got someone, I think you, I actually don't think, I know for a fact you are the person who would have known me the longest. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, last week I had a guy called Chris Enti who was the previous winner, but you, you knock him out Wicked. by about 15 years, I'm loving I think. that, I'm um, loving that. Welcome to my house and my podcast, Ranak Patel. Hello. Who met me, I was wearing a school uniform when I first met you. We were in school, and now we're adults with, with property and things, adult things, you've got food prep in your bag food prep it's called rnt fitness rnt fitness rnt fitness real now training oh no, okay. so i wasn't aware i had a name so it's called real now <laughs> training how did you find out about real now training i found out about real now training because my nephew started doing it and suddenly he went from this kind of like sloth like creature to actually having some energy and i was like what have you been up to mate and he was like real now training okay i was like i'll do some of that um, and what does Real Now Training in, involve? Or Real Now Training has been the best and worst thing to ever happen to me. Really? Okay. Yeah. Let's 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 talk, start with the positive. Have you heard of shit sandwiches? Yeah. You kind of do okay. good shit good. So let's start with the good stuff. All right. I like that. I like that. So the good stuff is that I've, I was never fat fat, but I definitely needed to lose weight. Right? Like I was lethargic. I was. I was, BMI-wise, I was overweight, although I don't quite believe in this BMI. No, business. I don't believe it in either one of that. But I didn't feel ah. brilliant. That's okay. When, now the baby, now that I've said RNT, is squirming because she can understand the shit bit of the sandwich that's going to be coming up soon. <laughs> and she also um, yeah. wants to pull apart the microphone. She does. She's really she going does. for it. She does. Yes. So, so yes. What's, so the what's good the, bit yeah. is that actually I feel really, really healthy. I've got a lot of muscle. Oh, the yeah. Best, okay, the best thing that happened the other day was I've now learned to navigate the weight section of the gym. Okay. So all the muscle Marys are in there. Yeah. I'm like, it's just for people, because we're listening, it's not telly. I'm five foot Asian. Are you five little, foot? Yeah. I'm probably about five three. No. You're five I'm foot. I'm five foot Asian. It's because your energy is tall. Person. You've got big energy. I've got big energy. Yeah. Big energy. But... Obviously, going to the weight section is a little short ass. Uh, was really, really intimidating. Now, what happens is I stroll into the weight section. I know exactly what I'm doing. Went over to the leg press, which is the thing that you obviously you press the leg, the plate, and you have to put these massive like weights on the side, and they're all like 20 kg. So this guy, I was waiting for him to get off of the leg press. He was he was pressing 80 kg. When it was my turn to go on, he went, oh, let me just wipe it down for you. I was like, yeah, okay, okay, cool, thanks. Like, what have you been doing on it? But okay. Wipes it down and goes, oh, and I'll take the plates off for you. And I was like, no, it's cool. Can you add two on? And he literally was like, what? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm actually being serious. Can you add two on? But like, I'm cool to do it, but if you're going to do it for me, fine. And he was literally staring at me like I had diminished his sense of self-worth. You emasculated him. You do get a lot of mansplaining at the gym. Like, I used to go to the gym a lot and it was all like, oh, you've got to do it like this. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, do you mind me telling you you should actually bend your arm this way or that way? And you just think, who are you to be dishing out advice to anyone? Like, whether you're right or wrong, like, it's none of your business, like, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. And if I was a man, would he have done that? Absolutely not. If I was a man, would he have said, oh, let me uh, adjust the weights for you? He could not, and you can see it in his face, 
he could not handle that this short ass little Asian five foot woman um, was able to leg press more weights than him. I know, and it's really frustrating, and that's why it's really hard for, for women to kind of enjoy going to the gym yeah. because you do have to put up with this kind of running commentary um, of what you can and can't do, or just dealing with, just dealing with male egos. Exactly. The shit bit of the sandwich. Yes. What's not so great about our interview? Um, it's probably brought my dating life to a complete and utter halt. Why? Because you're really buff now. What's going on? Yeah, I'm not allowed to you drink got, alcohol. Got, yeah, but that's good for dating, isn't it? It is, but it's made me realise that the issue actually isn't me, it's them. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> you're, like, you're really sober. issue. <laughs> <laughs> like, really issue. Oh my gosh. But what I've been really, really shocked about is I thought the problem was going to be that I wasn't going to be able to handle going on like first day, especially in this, this day and age where it's like I actually haven't seen you because it's through Tinder or whatever. Um, actually, it's not Tinder. I just like to say Hinge. hinge. I'm a Hinge I'm, person. You're the second person to say Hinge to me this weekend. Yeah. Was like, hinge. What's the big? I've never. I didn't use Hinge. I checked out on Tinder. Yeah. Luckily, um, I feel grateful for that. What can you explain Hinge to me? So Hinge is. Like, there's just more information about the person on there. Okay, so, like their criminal records. And- exactly. I mean, I'd love it if they actually did make people And <laughs> um, To be fair, it's more like, there's just, you have to fill out more stuff. Whereas with Tinder, you could, like, get one picture and put that on. And then, and then press, like, one the picture, Scorpio. Exactly. <laughs> that's see, and that's yeah. it. And you're like, really? Whereas... For I think I'm right in saying this anyway, but I think for your profile to go live with Hinge, you just have to fill out a lot more information. Okay, so with Hinge, you yeah. have to fill in more details. So yeah. it's not just people volunteering or not volunteering stuff. You literally have to say <laughs> yeah. what kind of and what kind of details like it's, job. You know what? Actually, the good thing about Hinge is that the stuff you're filling out is actually less superficial than that. Right. So you can fill out like job, just star sign if you want to, um, your age and whatever. In fact, you ha- you fill out the basics like your age, um, your sexuality, what you're looking for, blah blah blah. Um, but what it actually makes you fill out are like funny questions. A uh, funny question like what? Well, like you can pick the questions that you want to answer. So it could be like, okay, so I'm going to ask you. I'm going to hinge you. Like, would you rather shit out your face or laugh out your ass? Yeah. So or, which one uh, would you rather silly, do? That was a silly one. You can have to answer it now. I think I'd rather laugh out my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I, I laughed, it would be coming out of my ass. I don't want to shit out of my face. That's silly. I mean, shitting out of your face would be vile vile I mean I think that's what happens in human centipede right I'm, I've never seen the human centipede but I'm aware that it's people getting their asses taped out of people's mouths isn't it yeah yeah that's, that's exactly that, it. and knowing that was the premise I don't know why anyone watched it like I when, watched as it. soon as I learned that was the premise I was like yeah I think I'm gonna watch the Lion King I don't <laughs> I don't know what that says about me as soon as I heard that was the premise I think because it's so, like, it's so outrageous Mama. Mama. oh I have to oh. stop you can say mama. That means you've got to start stop swearing in front of her now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Right. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, um, they ask you weird, like, funny questions. So you it's can, like, you can give what your was the latest a... thought you had in the shower? What was your last shower oh, thought? Okay, okay. I, I'm still trying to understand how getting fit and healthy and stopping drinking has, has affected your dating negatively. So, I thought the way it was going to affect it was... I need a glass of wine when it's somebody that I've not met. Right. Just to help, like, be feel more comfortable and just break down those walls immediately, right? So I thought the issue was going to be with me. 
for a while it was because I just didn't feel brave enough to go on a date without having a drink which made me realize how important it was that I really did try to stop drinking yes um because I wanted to become the kind of person that was able to communicate without having to have a glass of wine um but what I realized was I became good at that and the people I was going on dates with could not handle it. Because they, they wouldn't have drink. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not judging. I'm just saying I'm not having a drink. You can have 10 if you want. It's, this, we live in a really weird culture where if you say you're not drinking, people are like, oh my God, are you diabetic? And it's yeah. like, no, well, I'm, not not, I'm not drinking. Yeah. Like, they're either like, oh, you've either been an alcoholic, you've got a major health problem, or you're not a fun person. And I'm like, really? These so could people? you not just put in your Hinge profile, oh, I, I don't drink and attract other non-drinkers yeah that's true but the, the thing is I do drink it's just that I'm just on this fitness plan at the moment so you have to be teetotal um, for certain just periods at the moment yeah. yeah and like I do drink but I'd rather it wasn't on every date I went on so it's more like I'm going to drink on a special occasion it's your birthday I'll have a drink do you enjoy dating? at the moment no I find it a bit of a chore what, what's, what do you find the most boring about it. and I'll, 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 I'll volunteer some of my own information I uh, what happened with me is I, I ended a relationship that was fairly long I think 36 eggs yeah <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I, was at, I, was at, I was at that age I was counting in eggs wasn't it? And, um, and I started using Tinder because you know I was you know because it's the easiest way to meet yeah, people yeah. and I met a lot of a lot of people and what I found was everybody I was meeting wasn't right for me in a really fundamental way. Not in a, oh, I'm being fussy kind of way, but, oh, you've got three children by three different people. That's not a big problem, but I didn't feel like I could I could handle that. Or or maybe they, they weren't necessarily on my level in terms of education and job and ambition, which I think is important when you look for like a long-term yeah, partner. Yeah. So I, I definitely found it hard to meet just basically other professional men. Is, what's your experience of, of dating? Is that similar? I think so. I think what it is, is that it's such a superficial way to date. And don't get me wrong, I think in this day and age, there's loads of positives, right? In terms of just being able to date... Um, numbers game wise it's brilliant and I know so many people who've met their partner and have got great relationships having met via like online dating sites but it can be soul destroying because you are essentially judging somebody off of their picture and like fairly superficial information yes and that doesn't come naturally to me I don't like it it's not how I operate in my life I yeah. find if anyone the idea that people are judging me like that is quite sad and then it was making me feel a bit rubbish that I was judging other people like that so I think there's boundary like do it for a while but for me it's like get off that app as quickly as possible yeah and also try and this whole thing of like lower your standards I don't believe it that's not about lowering your standards it's actually about broadening them yeah like everyone's like oh my god you're lowering your standards now by going on a date with this guy blah 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 I'm like, no I'm not I don't know anything about him he might not have like the exact job you think is right or whatever you think is right but you haven't met him yeah. you might meet this person and he'd be like the most amazing thing so you've got to sort of take it with a bit of a pinch of salt yeah and I found that there's a bit of mythology about the idea that women are fussy yeah. I think everyone's fussy and I yeah. found that men had a checklist 
And if you didn't meet one or two of those things, so even in like if I'm like five five, yeah, and there were guys who were like, I'm sorry, you've got to be five seven or above because yeah. I'm six three and it just won't work. <laughs> like it's not going to matter when we're lying down, but exactly. whatever. But it was really, you know, that there wasn't a rare yeah, occurrence yeah. or. Or things like, oh, actually, I need someone that lives in this area because I'm not going to have time to visit you. Exactly. And you sort of think to yourself, if you met me in a bar and you liked the look of me and you liked the way our conversation was going, would you say, oh, excuse me, how tall are you exactly? Exactly. Just, are you quite, you know, and and I found it quite exhausting having to constantly... I found it exhausting having to start from the back foot because there was this list of things that someone wanted, yeah. and for whatever reason, I you know I didn't I didn't meet all the criteria. So regardless of me and my personality and the kind of person I was, you know, fairly logistical things were just ruling me out. One inch of height, like yeah, it's just but not even that. Just and it was it wasn't just height. It was all kinds of things. It was where I lived. It was the fact, because at the time I was basically a full-time stand-up and I also had a full-time job, yeah. I wasn't that available and I would date some guys who just said, oh, actually, you just, you know, you're just not, a, you know, you don't have enough time or whatever. Yeah. You just sort of think, but that's a good thing because one day I, I will have time. Yeah, I'm following and, my passion. Like, and how many people? A lot of people don't like it. When they say, are oh, you free on Saturday? If your response is, I need to check my diary. Oh that, yeah, they that would rile a lot of men. They would be like, "Well, are you free or not?" And I'm like, "Well, I've got to check my diary." Like, like I, I'm the kind of person to plan things. Like, we planned this like all weeks exactly. ago. Yeah, yeah. And some people, again, this is to do with if you're seeing someone who isn't necessarily professional or busy, they might not understand that. There are people in this world who are free every evening, free every weekend because they're exactly. nine to five, and yeah. they're even, to, and it's difficult. So I, I struggled with this expectation that Tinder gave people of, well, this is exactly what I want. And if I don't find it immediately, yeah. I'm going to discard any idea of a relationship totally. with you. Whereas I was like, literally, the goalposts could not have been wider. Do you know what I mean? They were literally yeah. outside the stadium. You know what? You're actually one of the people that got me thinking like that. Because <laughs> I was one of the people that had very, very narrow goalposts. Like yeah. I was literally looking at things going, no, 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 no. And I remember you and I ch- chatting about this. I remember you talking about... Um, how you approached it, basically. Um, And actually, you had a much more broader view than I did. (laughs) Like, my goalposts were so narrow. And you were like, hang on a minute, you need to think about this in a... These aren't... At the moment, they're pictures of people on an app. So just give people a chance. Just give people a chance. Just meet them. Doesn't matter. Even if it's an hour for a coffee, get face-to-face quickly. Yeah, and that's... Definitely true. I think especially if you're looking to meet someone for a long-term relationship, maybe settle down, you do have to, unfortunately, just like... It's very tiring and time-consuming, but you do have to have an open mind because you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And let's be real, before the internet, when we met people randomly in clubs and bars and coffee shops and workplaces on the bus like those people were really random yeah and they had really strange favorite movies and really odd yeah. heights yeah. you know and they they picked their nose exactly. um and yeah. but we still had relationship with them and had families with them because there yeah. were other things that we liked and i always remember there was just one dude i used to see and we were watching movies uh, like you know on tv or whatever and this movie came up white chicks came up yeah. and he was like oh my god this is hilarious let's watch this and you know at that time i was really into him but like if he'd said on his tinder profile white chicks is my favorite movie <laughs> i would have been like next 
pressure. You know, this is, but you don't. You get you give someone a chance because you've got yeah. to know them on a more. A you've more got context. Spirit. You've got context exactly, and it's okay for someone to be a bit shorter than you or to have shit taste in movies. Exactly. Um, oh my dating makes people feel like they're not multifaceted. Yeah. You know, like, you can meet someone who is not on the surface something you'd be into, but then on Tuesday, yeah, they are, because exactly. they're multifaceted and they change. Yeah, 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 completely. So, so, because you can't drink, you're meeting people who do drink, and it's hard to tolerate. It's hard to... No, it's, they're finding it hard to tolerate me. Oh, okay. So They this, can't tolerate that I'm not drinking. Yeah. They are so intimidated by it. I think they're intimidated... Because they think that me not drinking is me making a judgment on them drinking, which it isn't. That, oh, so that's their own neuro, neurosis. Yeah, or which I often have as a vegetarian. I used to have get it all the time. Oh, you get you, when you, I mean, I, don't, I, eat, I eat fish, and people are like, well, I'm just going to order chicken then. It's yeah. like, order the chicken? Do you know what I mean? It's a police state. <laughs> like, I didn't tell you that I was vegetarian to put you down for some weird even, reason. You've got your opinions, I've got mine. Even my mum does it. She's always lip. like, I, I could never give up chicken. It's like, I know, like, that's fine. So I, I'm not, I didn't ask you to. I'm, I'm I just, I just don't eat it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, people get quite defensive. They get so defensive. I'm like, oh my gosh. They either get really defensive or they start trying to justify how they're cutting down their own meat. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, like, you know, I had, I I had honestly, a corn burger the other day. <laughs> I'm not one of those vegetarians that likes to sit and talk about being a vegetarian. Yeah. So I try my best to avoid that conversation because I know it will either turn into them... <sighs> get a feeling offended because they think somehow my very presence as a vegetarian has offended them or they have to prove to them to prove to me that they're like what they think is a good person and I'm like I am just vegetarian there's probably a load of things that I do <laughs> that I don't recycle properly or whatever and you really recycle a lot like it's fine yeah omnivores are very like they're like snowflakes do you know what I mean yeah. they're like the original snowflakes yeah. they can be they can get quite defensive you need to put in your profile to attract non-drinkers you're right you're right so i think what i've done at the moment is there's like a variety of things that you can choose so you can either say that you don't drink at all you can say that you drink occasionally and then you can say that you drink like fully my pt was like you need to be upfront. yeah so he's like you need to write in your profile that you are into health and fitness and all of that stuff because what is the point of being so you don't need them to do all of that yourself, but if they're going to stop you from doing it... You need another RNT, buddy. Can't you find a guy who's doing RNT? Can't your personal trainer hook you up one of his clients? Yeah, that's true. Is that appropriate? <laughs> Probably not. Can you match make? This is a business idea. Personal training and matchmaking. Uh, matchmaking, that's because a really good idea. Because you get your clients idea. and then you say, oh my God, no, the copyright Athena, this is amazing. This is going to work. Copyright yeah. You get your clients who are training individually. Yeah. And you think, actually, you know, Rana, I've got this guy who's really nice. That's you know, a good idea. So, so first up, you've got to ask a trainer. Look, is there a dude you're training that is up for it? Yeah, but maybe yeah, true. use different. Don't say up for it. Get fit and then get <laughs> something Fitness. else. Well, then no one would get that because, like, I don't think anyone other than match our fitness. age used fitness. Match fitness. That's match fitness. Match fitness. Ah, match fitness. Ah. <gasps> This is a really good idea. And a, good a friend idea. of mine just became a PT. Yeah. Someone asked him who's got single clients. This is very um, clever. I like this idea. I can't I won't say names obviously, but my one of my really good friends um got married to her personal trainer. They just had a baby. Isn't that the dream? It's there a dream, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
Right, so yeah. you mentioned that you're a vegetarian and you've been vegetarian for as long as I've known you, which I think yeah. you've established is a long time. Long time. And your dad is someone quite important in the vegan society. He was, yeah. So um, this is really bad. I should know exactly what he was doing. But um, it was a vegetarian society and he wasn't, he wasn't the chairman, but he was, like, he was up there on the committee um, for years and years and years and years and years. And I think he's only like, recently stepped back from that because now he's all like, you know, older and retired and just wanted to chill out a bit. Yeah, but um, he's always been a very vocal um, vegetarian, and, and, and now vegan. And now vegan, yeah. Your yeah. parents are your parents are incredible. They're like they've always been the same age as long as I've known them. But I know they're <laughs> yeah. like we have our parents are similar ages, uh, yeah. so they won't mind us. They won't mind me saying they're in their seventies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? Um, and they go around the world, and yeah. we've been on holidays together with your parents, have, and you yeah. hike with them. You do yeah. all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. And the other thing we've got is like our parents are probably like separated twins from birth. Oh my god! Like our mums, particularly, they look like the same person. Um, it's 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 done, and they met for the first time in December, which was yeah. a lamb. I thought moment. the world was going to implode. But when these two people come face to face, it will be the end it, of the earth. It was like Back to the Future, like <laughs> yeah. meeting your past future self or something. <laughs> it's funny how that works out. Are you tempted to go vegan now your dad has? Do you know what? Um, or do you, will that put off more dates? <laughs> Probably. But you know what? The bottom line is, if someone can't accept me for who I am, then why would you go and date with them anyway? And um, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned about the not drinking thing and blah blah blah. Is that if they can't accept you, out. But I don't know about. The, I've been thinking about the veganism. If basically, yeah, you know what? I wish I could because I do believe in that cause that's why I'm vegetarian yeah but in terms of trying to balance what I can do yeah for the environment and just being able to be flexible in life I still don't know if I could you've got to be realistic and I think that if you're there's two things that I think don't work with veganism the idea of vegan food so when someone gives me a vegan burger I'm like that's not a burger what's it made out of yeah. You know, like, and I feel like a lot of vegan food is as unhealthy as the meat. So, totally. So I'm so yeah, against, with you know, vegans, like, vegans are obviously great, uh, and veganism, I think, actually, on paper makes sense. But if you go to KFC and eat that vegan burger, like, KFC are responsible for the slaughter of, exactly. like, millions of, ter- of chickens yeah. every day. So you've given your money to them. Um, you're making, they've, they've given you a burger made out of something you don't know what it is. Yeah. And then, obviously, it's not very healthy. Um, so I don't, I think if I was going to be a vegan, it would be to- a total commitment to like plant-based food. Yeah. Unless of course it's Linda McCartney sausages, which are bomb. I love bomb. them. They are but the best. they're not as good as the cauldron ones. Oh, yeah. I've not really tried the cauldron. The cauldron. Yeah. If you think Linda McCartney vegetarian sausages are good, yeah. cauldron, Cumberland or Lincolnshire sausages. Yeah. Even all you meat eaters out there, you'll appreciate this. Because I, I they're put, a good sausage. I put meat eaters onto Linda McCartney, and they yeah. people are, are grateful, and I'm like, you're welcome, guys. I know. Well, you're cauldron. Welcome. Give them cauldron next. Because sausages are disgusting. Like when you say yeah. you like sausages, you actually just like the texture um, mm. and like a bit of the taste. So if you can get that texture and taste from something that's a bit more plant, not like mashed like, up leftover bits of cat. Yeah, yeah. Like why wouldn't you? And it's like, and you put. I used to remember eating sausages, and you'd put them in the pan, and they'd shrink half the size because oh, they were full of fat right yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. pan would be left with just lard oh, no one needs to be eating that much pig I just no. don't think yeah, any, anything that much pig can be healthy not mashed up pig not mashed up pig mashed up pig weird man <laughs> like, even if I ate meat there's a few things that I'm like I just don't get I would never eat pork mashed again. up meat 
Well, I never understood processed meat as a desirable thing, like when, pe- when people crave it. I look back yeah. on my kind of, I mean, I just haven't eaten meat since I was about 24, 25, but I look back on those days of craving hot dogs and pepperonis yeah. and like, that's, you're just brainwashed to find that stuff it's delicious. It's, it is gross. Like the stuff that I crave, because I'll be honest, sometimes I'll see, I'm not one of those veggies that's like, oh my God, take all the meat away from me, I can't do the smell, blah, 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 I'm fine. Um, in fact, sometimes I look at the meat and I think, that looks good. Yeah. Like I could eat that, that's tempting. But the stuff that tempts me is never that stuff. I never look at a pepperoni or anything like that. The stuff that looks good is like juicy roast chicken or something. Yeah. Not wings KFC. <laughs> or popcorn chicken or, <laughs> yeah. or, or mince meat or whatever. Yeah. But I'm really, I always say I'm quite lucky because I'm a savoury person anyway. So yeah. I crave dal and rice. Yeah. Like I, so I, my instincts already are aligned with fairly like healthy eating or, or meat free eating. If you're, yeah, yeah. if you crave cheesecake and, and hamburgers, it is a harder, a harder step. But I, you know, I love my mum. I went to my mum's house the other day and she made like a spinach stew and like a chickpea curry. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is heaven. That's heaven. That's, I've nothing, I've, so I have nothing else. So do you think, else. would you say that your cravings are down to the way in which you were brought up in terms of food and your mum's cooking? Yeah, because I had, you know, we mostly had home cooked food. Yeah. Uh, but we ate a lot of meat, you know. My mum, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. very important for, but the meat was never, my mum always, we used to go to the market and buy goat meat. Yeah, and yeah. She'd buy a shoulder of lamb and chop it up at home. Yeah. And so I probably had an understanding of foods that a lot of people don't have, um, which helps with, you know, what you crave is always linked to what your childhood. Of course, yeah, hundred percent. Um, but I mean, I mean, your, I mean, your mum is an incredible cook. Are all Indian mums good cooks? Yes, but your mum, wow, my mum is next level. Your mum should open. I don't, like the Patel restaurants. So I, mean, I like, know. It needs to happen every she time I go to your house. I go hungry. A good cook. Yeah. Like, I've spoken to her about why she thinks she, why this has happened, and she doesn't really know. I think honestly, she's just got a good palate. That's the bottom line. Like she'll taste things and just be like, it needs this, it needs that, it needs this, and in it goes. It's, she's just got a good palate. I've accumulated really great friends because a lot of my friends have mums that are an amazing cook. So I've got a friend called Lucy. Yeah. Her cooking. Her mum and your mum used to do like a kind of a cook off. Oh wow! And we would all benefit from that cook off. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like we, we we would all benefit. My friend Lucy's mum makes food yeah. that's so good. Years ago, when I had a flat warming, ages ago, and I bought my flat. Um, I remember that. I was there. That? So she made yeah, these yeah. rotis, right? Yeah. And they were so good. My mum thought I'd bought them. <laughs> they were so perfectly round and wow. so soft. Oh and the gosh. dal was so finely ground. Mm. She thought I'd gone out and bought them for a restaurant. I was that's like, that's, that's Lucy's mum. So Lucy's <gasps> mum and your mum are like, I need you in my life forever. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's not you, I like. using me for my mum. <laughs> it's not you, it's your parents <laughs> cooking. Um, before, before we wrap things up, I want to talk quickly a little bit about what you do for a day job. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because you don't see many five, uh, five foot Indians. Doing, it's true, like, and I, I'm a comedian, so I tend to be like in front of People like, are going to think I'm a builder now or something. <laughs> you don't see many five foot Indian women doing? What could it be? <laughs> we should just leave it there, give you let people guess. Like, what, what do you do for a job? So, I work in telly, but what I do is I'm a head of development, so... I am coming up with the ideas for new TV shows and then trying to get them commissioned. Right. And how long have you worked in TV for? Uh, oh, man, man. Oh, it feels like a bit my age. No, well, no, no, no. So it's, well, it's 
I started working in TV pretty much straight out of uni. I didn't take any gap years or any stuff like that. So probably since I was, what, 21, 22? It's pretty good. I remember when you first yeah, started, you were just like years. writing letters to people. And you were yeah. writing hundreds of letters just to get like a job as a runner exactly. and things like that. And I, it's really weird how things have worked out because then, you know, 10, 13 years later or whatever, I started doing stand-up. Yeah. And now I kind of have a foot in the kind of TV world and I'm always yeah. in meetings with people. I look around these rooms, I think, how the fuck have you done this? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I mean, like, this meeting's last of half an hour and I can't deal with this. So first of all, you must like your job because you've been yeah. doing it for a long yeah. time. Yeah, it has its frustrating moments, don't get me wrong, but I do love it, yeah. It's, it's not the most diverse of... And by diverse, I don't just mean like race, I mean class. Totally. I mean, yeah. it feels like everyone comes from the same village sometimes. It really, well, I mean, they, they literally do. They all come from Highgate. <laughs> <laughs> and they all live in like Peckham. Yeah. Like, they all come from Highgate and they all live in like Stratford and Peckham. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's it's weird that it's like, it's in front of us how closed the industry still is. I know. But yeah. how difficult it is to do anything about it. And then when you're in it, people are like, well, you do something about it. So it's not my job. Like, yeah. just, just I'm doing it. something about it by being here right, right now. Yeah. I find TV very frustrating. And I'm always amazed that I've got to talk to myself into the rooms that I've talked myself into. Yeah, yeah, but then when I'm in the room, I'm not surprised that a lot of people then talk themselves out. Yeah, <laughs> of course they do. It's really, really hard. And it definitely, definitely needs to diversify. I know that lots and lots of companies, I know it's on the radar of all companies, but I'm just like, what can be done to get this issue moving faster? But for me, it's it's more serious than that. So I think now in the culture of kind of like social media and where things are a bit more exposed, we need to get better and more informed voices in TV more than ever. So not just in kind of entertainment, but with news. The reason why we're making seeing so many yeah, mistakes yeah. in the news, like for example, the wrong picture being put out of like, okay, they, did it, they did it with Kobe Bryant, um, yeah. they've done it with Rhoda Davis. Yeah. Um, and things like, I mean, I've actually spoken about this on, on another episode, but last week, um, there was a question time episode where a woman just went on a really ridiculous rant about immigration and Brexit. And yeah. the six, seven clip were just put out and like uh, you know if there was anyone with half a brain in that team they'd say you can't just no, put out completely. this rhetoric it's really damaging yeah, it's traumatic yeah. for people to what I, I use the word deliberately it's traumatic because we yeah. know that when people hear that they take it on board and they don't they, they don't critique it they think oh well you know so, finally someone on my side it's like yeah that's how it must be it's really irresponsible to put out these kind of oppressive opinions without Absolutely. um without counterpoint so now it's becoming more urgent than ever oh definitely like I absolutely agree with you it's if you don't have diverse crews and journalists and just everybody on screen and off screen how can you genuinely represent the viewer that you're appealing to you can't if everybody in tv from the commission inside to from the edit inside so all that stuff is just from a small part of the world yeah they can't possibly be be relied upon to objectively exactly, I obsess agree. voices that are different to theirs. They also can't be the people that can assess whether or not the industry itself is diverse. Like I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, um, again, without saying names, but it was a guy, he was kind of in his mid-50s, um, but, you know, quite posh, white guy. Um, and I was talking to him and we were just all talking about the fact that the industry does need to have more diverse voices, la la la. And he was like, I don't see a problem. 
Yeah. And I was like, well, where do you come from? Because I didn't want to judge him. Because I was like, for him, this might be very diverse. Because actually, he could be from somewhere where there wasn't even an Indian in his school. So yeah. the fact that he's working at our company and I'm there could be quite diverse for him. And I was like, you don't understand that, for me, this isn't. We're in London, and we've got a London office, and... This isn't that diverse. And they're not even Londoners <laughs> in the office. This is People don't understand that. In these environments, you'll often be the only Londoner. Yeah. I was in a writer's room the other day, and it was, don't forget me wrong, it was a wonderful writer's room. I got into it on merit. I literally networked myself into this room. I thought about everything I'd done over the past two yeah, years. I thought, yeah. that's how I got here. And But I looked around the room, like, no one there's from London. No. They're all white. They're all very middle class, all guffawing at the same shit. Yeah. And, I'm, and, you, and you feel in your heart, like how can I behave like I belong here because I it feels know. like I don't and it's really funny it was a really I mean don't get me wrong it's nothing to do with them as individuals like if you are a posh middle class person in a posh middle class environment there's like that's the path of the way it was that's easier what, for you yeah. you can't apologise for it no. you have to understand how hard that is for, to, for, someone, for people like us yeah. but the, what's really funny is when you're the sort of the black or brown person in those rooms is when you get when people are really interested in what you've got to say ever developing any sort of food format or anything yeah. when it comes to like Oh, and what about world cuisine? I'm like, hang on a minute. I only know about Indian food anyway. Like, you've just decided I know about world cuisine. I was I, like, okay. If I can teach general society one thing, it's this. White people are the global minority. Yeah. You're, there were a billion Indians in India alone, yeah. let alone the Indian diaspora. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so to look at me, like I'm this, like I'm, I might be in a minority in this room, but you should bow in down. <laughs> no, it's true. Like, you know, you will soon be under our control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there were more, there were more black people in Nigeria than there are like collectively in other. It's like two hundred fifty thousand or two hundred twenty thousand, oh, and yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. country. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why Netflix is full of Nollywood because yeah. they're the people who watch watching it. Or who are watching Same it. With all the Bollywood the, films, they're all on there. You know, and, it's, and I, it's, I think it's really funny how just not just in the TV industry, I think all creative industries and generally wider industries are really unaware of how irrelevant it all is and how pointless it is to even yeah. to even stand in the way of uh, stand in our way. Like if yeah. you want to, if you want your stuff to be relevant to the global audience, it needs to be relevant to. You, you need me in this room, exactly. and not just to talk about black yeah. shit. Actually, to talk about all, all life, yeah, and we all need to be there. This is the point of diversity, which is that when we talk about diversity, it's diversity in every form. Like yeah. nothing should just be, especially TV or any form of media like this. And um, everyone should be represented. So diversity isn't just oh, wicked. You know what? We've got loads of people um, working for our company, and they're all from low income backgrounds. Like, that's not diversity. Yeah, it doesn't work. Because then you're yeah. not making TV for the people and that also, didn't come if, from low-income and if they're We not, need some non-low-income And if they're not at the top, people. what's the point? Because they're just doing what the people at the top tell them. Yeah. If the director general of the BBC, if the new director general of the BBC yeah. is a person of colour, for example, I tell you what, when they're thinking about what to put out to, uh, to promote Question Time, they'll fucking think twice exactly. about putting out any inflammatory, oh, pointless absolutely. shit. Oh, absolutely. You know, the amount of... Ch- and it's true. I do, re- I do feel that responsibility now when I'm in rooms yeah. um, to challenge. And people expect you to challenge, and it's yeah, sad yeah. because it's not my job. But at the same time, it has to be. <laughs> well, it's always, but I do actually think it is kind of my responsibility um, because I'm really, really lucky that the company that I work for really appreciate. Actually, I have to say they're brilliant because yeah. 
it is, we're actually a Scottish company. We are fairly diverse. The biggest issue is class diversity. And not just to put, interrupt the anti-Scottish sentiment in yeah. from English people is massive. Exactly. That's why I find lots, I get lots of work in Scotland because yeah. it's like, I just go off and slag off the English. They're like, yeah, come back on our show. Scottish people are just lovely. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm to I was like, if it stopped raining so much, I will move yeah. to Scotland. Like, Scottish the, people are lovely. The only bad thing about Scotland is the weather. That's not to say there isn't yeah. like issues there but yeah if their weather was was good I'd be there I know I know but it is I just I hope especially in terms of class and also it's still sexism going on like I find it all the time that um, I'll be in a room uh, and and this is just throughout my career no particular place if we're talking about we suddenly start talking about engineering or history they turn to the guys You've made an assumption that because I'm a woman, but if it's anything to do with lifestyle or a dating show or a property format, they will look at me. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? This is really weird. And, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's rubbish. And here's the thing, like, again, if there were, I mean, but sometimes women do this too, but yeah. if there was somebody in a position of power that understood that, that wouldn't happen. People would be scared. People would oh, be like, no. oh, actually, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. So yeah, people are empowered right now to do problematic things and are not empowered to do progressive things and that's that's the biggest problem that I'm finding at the moment but at the same time it's you know we have to say you've still working in tv and I suddenly have had all these lovely things happen to me in my career so maybe it's a positive things and things are changing things are definitely changing definitely in this industry I think in terms of racial diversity yeah there's still a really long way to go but it's getting better but I think in terms of class there's a huge issue. How can you attract people into an industry when you're still expecting them to earn basically no money when they start out as a runner? Yeah. And then also probably have to do about two or three months worth of work experience before they even get a job as a runner. Yeah. You are discounting so many people because they physically cannot afford to do that. And just to be clear, like when you run, you're making teas yeah. and you're getting people's lunches in. You know, yeah. it's dog's body work. So you're not ask, you're not even learning on the job. You're just being in the room that's and got, meeting people. That's got a lot better, I have Has to it? say. Okay, yeah. good. So in terms of learning on the job now, I mean, it might just be where I work, but they're amazing. I was like, wow, actually, I wish as a runner that I'd been able to work where I work now because they actually have a proper scheme and they do placements within each company and they properly learn on the job. It's asking somebody to work for that amount of money and asking someone to try and get into with work experience it's like mm. you know we've all got to do work experience at some point no matter what you're doing but it in this industry it's months of work experience I have to do something ridiculous like four or five months of work experience yeah and when the hub of the industry is still they're doing a good job Channel 4 have moved to Leeds which is the headquarters moved to Leeds which is brilliant brilliant news um but when still the majority of the industry is run out of London where rents are sky high yeah. How if you're is somebody if, from a low income background who has so much bags of talent meant to get into the industry when yeah. you say you've got to move to London, pay crazy rent, and then you've got to do a month's worth of work experience. It doesn't you can't do it. It doesn't work. So until until it changes fundamentally, yeah. the shape of the, the shape of these rooms isn't gonna change. And that, and that's why I can I have these meetings and after half an hour I just get out. We have to wrap this up. You said you said, Oh, I'm really nervous. I don't know how this is gonna go. I've not done anything like this before. You saw my cheap little microphone. You're like, This is amazing. It's not a cheap microphone, this is a blinging microphone. I'll just have everyone you know, it's got rose gold on it. I love rose gold. Is it rose gold? I I think it's rose gold. Isn't it's rose gold ish at the top and then like it's it's quite it's a fancy it's so good. I don't even do podcasts and I kind of just want one 
to just put in my flat to look like you're busy. <laughs> to, look nice. to look like you're busy. Well, no, I wanted yeah. to say that you've been you've been great as I oh, thought you would be. So I'm so glad you came round to oh. visit. Um, we were going to take a walk, but the little one has fallen asleep. Like she's snoozing. She always falls Lesser. asleep at the end. She, you know, she's been screaming the whole way through. Yet again, she's fallen asleep at the end. Oh, she's so cute. Look at her. She, she's a cutie pie. Um, this has been thank oh, well, great. Thank you thank for you so having much. me. And thank you for the flowers. Um, FYI, not many guests bring me flowers. All right, oh, so well. you bought me flowers. That's lovely. Good. Thank you for coming to keep my company. Welcome. So that was my friend Ranak Patel. Isn't she fantastic? You will notice a little theme from my podcast and the guests that I select are like doers and not just talkers because I'm a bit of a talker and she's definitely a doer. One day she was like, you know what, I want to work in telly and here we are almost two decades later. She won't mind me saying that, almost two decades later she's had two decades in TV and she's doing amazing head of development at some big old TV company. She's a wonderful person and I'm so lucky to call her my friend and we have 20 more years of um of just being cool together, I think, hopefully. Anyway, if you enjoyed this podcast, and oh, if you want to keep up to, keep up to date with what Ranak's up to, she's on Instagram, um, her name's Ranak Patel, um, and her Instagram handle will be in, this, in the description of this podcast as well. So if you want to just keep up to, with what she's doing, find her on social media and say, hello, I'm Athena Kablenu, I'm a stand-up comedian and a writer, so if you want to see what I'm doing outside this podcast, social media is the best way, because I never update my website. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I'm all up on those things. Um, and I update them regularly with opinions and gigs and things like that if you want to come see me in real life. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. If you have, do what you normally do with podcasts that you like. Comment, share, subscribe, tell your friends. If you're on public transport right now, nudge the person to your left and say, hey, I'm listening to a very cool podcast. Why don't you get involved? Um, If there's no one to your left, how about you look to your right? If there's no one to your left or right, look, count yourself lucky, put your bag down and just relax. You have no challenge. Do it next time you're on a tube that is quite busy. Um, Yeah, that's the end of this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and